everyone, and welcome to Behold, the podcast where we turn our all-seeing eye to the world of comic book adaptations and try to sort the super from the substandard. Who's we? Well, I'm your host, Andrew, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Mick. Eric Stoltz. Wait a minute. Eric Stoltz doesn't do the podcast with me. Yes, I do. I've always done the podcast with you. Oh my god, the whole timeline's changed! Oh, has it? Right, wait. I'll, I'll do that bit again. Okay, one second, I'll just, I'll run back, change things. Okay, now. Batman. Oh no, it's even worse. It's Bruce Wayne, but he's got a bad case of laryngitis. Okay, let's try it again. Okay. And I'm back. Hi, uh, this is Nick Cage and I'm Superman. You know what that'll do? <laughs> that's that's enough spaghetti for now, I think. So, yes. As... I mean, I guess you might have guessed if you've seen the film. If you've not, there's no way you're guessing from that incomprehensible load of nonsense. We're talking about The Flash. Which, is it giving too much away if I say, speaking of incomprehensible nonsense? Um, I think that is a big clue. I would argue, however, that within the confines of the DCEU, which this marks the end of, um, it's possibly the least incomprehensible pile of incomprehensible nonsense that they've produced. And also one of the shortest. Yeah, it's also got that going for it. Uh, it's probably the third best Wonder Woman movie. Yep. And... And Certainly. possibly the second best Superman movie. Yeah. And I would say the best DCEU Batman movie. Yes. So, it's got some things going for it. <laughs> yes. And two of the three Ezra Millers die. Mick, you can't spoil that already. I'll just go back and change it. But I think it's a major highlight because I I think I think what we've said so far about the movie will put people who haven't seen it off. Yeah. But I think killing two out of three Ezra Millers will really send people in their droves. Yeah, I was going to say that in the spirit of the Flash, should we get this done very quickly? Just make the episode two Ezra Millers die ten out of ten, top of the list. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, be before we get too far into things, although some might argue we've already got far too far into things. Indeed. I'll just point out that uh, this is The Flash, the 2023 film, directed by Andy Machete, with screenplay by Christina Hodson, and story by John Francis Daly, Jonathan Goldstein, and Joby Harold. Uh, it's based on DC's The Flash, created by Robert Kaniger and Carmine Infantino, although I should maybe clarify, based on 
the worst Flash. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I said it. <laughs> and also more specifically, this film is based on the story Flashpoint by Jeff Johns and Andy Kubert. Because all DCEU movies have to be based on work by Jeff Johns. It's the law. Yeah, God, I hope we move away from that now that James Gunn is in charge. <laughs> here's, here's a crazy idea, DC. Maybe base your films off stories that are actually good. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine, I, I think I've seen the Flashpoint storyline covered in... Three different DC strands. I've seen the animated Flashpoint. I've seen the TV Flashpoint. And I've seen this version of Flashpoint. And this comes fourth. Yeah, it is. Because I I was going to get into this more in the discussion. But I really don't like Flashpoint. And one of the big reasons I don't like it is... Everything now seems to treat it as like the definitive Flash story. Yeah. When it really isn't. Literally, that whole story is just an excuse so that DC could reboot their whole universe to do the the new 52 line of like a completely new continuity. But literally, every single thing the Flash is in now, it's like, well, we've got to do Flashpoint. Yes. It's kind of like how all the X Men things like jump straight to Dark Phoenix. Except for the fact that Dark Phoenix is actually good. Yeah. But it's um, that same thing. Well, un- unless it's the film Dark Phoenix. Yeah, so the Dark Phoenix comic book storyline is good. <laughs> Things based on the Dark Phoenix comic storyline are not good. So, the, and, the, and this is the thing, I think. Uh, I, I, I kind of see why they've done Flashpoint in this movie, because it is kind of a big reset button for the DC film universe. Um. But the trouble is, they've kind of put a whole lot of other storylines in there as well. Because I'm not sure. I couldn't swear to it because I don't think it gets mentioned in name um, in the movie. But I think there's a Savitar storyline in there. Yeah, this is... I mean, we'll, we'll maybe come back to it. But basically, the main villain in this looks exactly like Savitar from the Flash TV series, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And in fact, it has the same origin as that character. Yeah. Um, I, in, terms of, in terms of filmmaking, this takes the romance between uh, Barry and Iris West, which is a key cornerstone of the Flash TV series, um, and reduces it to two scenes basically three if you include that one in justice league well that's like gets to the root of this is why flashpoint is a bad story for like the flash film because it doesn't work when you're trying to establish the character as well yeah like it doesn't really like tell you why the flash is a hero and in fact in a lot of this he's not really a hero he's just some more irritating on. dick. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, irritating dick. Let's call a spade a spade. I'm Barry Allen and I'm the world's fastest irritating dick. God he is. But yeah, like you've got that, you've got none of the supporting characters like Iris. 
you've got none of the actual Flash villains. No. It's not really a Flash story, apart from stuff with his mum, which was invented for that storyline. In in many ways, by having the headline hero not be the star of his own movie, it's the perfect bookend to the DCEU. Because, let's be honest, the last time that the eponymous hero was actually the hero of their own story was Man of Steel. Yeah, God, because then you've got... You've got Batman versus Superman, which was supposed to be the sequel to Man of Steel, but Batman gets top billing in Superman's second movie. Yeah. And And actually Wonder Wonder Woman was a better character. (laughs) I think she kind of does more to defeat Doomsday as well. <laughs> yeah, she had those, then you had Justice League, then you had Mira and Friends, um, <laughs> Shazam's adopted family who are better at Shazamming than he is. Yeah. So. Pussy. Yeah. So it kind of, it kind of fits. I'm just trying to think, like, how many other solo DC films have there been? Well, and I think that's the other problem. You know, the the reason it's got left standing in the water by the Marvel Universe is because Marvel did the standalone movies that introduced the heroes and then did the big ensemble piece. This should have been the movie that introduced The Flash. But by the time we get to this movie, he's irritated the hell out of us in two or three movies already. Yeah. Um, But I think probably that's going to come up again as well, the idea of DC constantly just, like, chasing Marvel's tail. Yeah. But... But without speed (laughs) powers. Anyway... Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm... in a way, it's good that for the Flash episode, we've basically abandoned the usual linear format of the show. Yes, um, but I was... I've, I've been sort of playing for time for you, because in the half hour since I finished watching The Flash, I've been thinking, oh, I am so looking forward to the synopsis of this. Oh, I am so looking forward to the synopsis of this. <laughs> so, Andrew, why don't you give us a synopsis of The Flash? <laughs> hey Nick, before I do, how familiar are you with the character of The Flash? I've watched all nine seasons of The Flash. Did you want to tell us about that, Mick? Do you want to like, maybe go into some nice detail about all nine seasons of The Flash? Uh, all nine seasons of The Flash follows the same basic linear plot. That at the beginning of the season, Barry Allen is convinced that he is the fastest man, of the li- uh, uh, fastest man alive. By about the midpoint of the season... He realises that he's only the second, maybe third, fourth, somewhere in the top ten of fastest people alive. And at least half of them are members of his own family, either from the future or the past. And then towards the end, there'll be some cataclysm that stops him being the Flash in the future that he has to overcome. And at the end, um, he realises that Iris is his lightning rod and everything's all right. Oh, that took less time than I was hoping. Apart from that one where someone becomes, is it blood work? Blood work. 
Yep, famous flash villain blood work. Yeah. Um, but over the course of nine seasons, we meet Godspeed, Savitar, uh, Reverse Flash, Professor Zoom, three different iterations of the Flash, Nora West Allen from the future as Impulse. Oh, I thought... So no, she's excess in the comics. Excess, sorry, excess, and then her brother Wally. No, Bart. Bart. Yeah, her, her brother Bart. Bart, Bart impulse in the comics. As impulse, and then Barry's foster stepbrother, who's Iris's brother Wally, who becomes Kid Flash. Um. Yeah. Oh. There is a slightly disturbing aspect, though, to to the Barry Iris romance in the Flash TV series, because from the point at which uh, Barry's mother dies, the police investigator Joe West takes Barry in as an adopted son. Yeah, and I don't. He specifically sees Joe as a father figure. And Joe treats him like a son, raises him like a son, alongside his daughter Iris. So it's a little bit of a... <laughs> yeah, I, I always found that quite, quite icky. Yeah. So, um... Right. Yeah. Anyway, I like The Flash, but The Flash I like is Wally West, so is it not relevant to this film? <laughs> Right, that's enough delaying. I guess I got to synopsize the film, don't I? <laughs> yep. Boy, boy, I'm glad I watched this this morning, and not like a week ago. <laughs> so here we go, Flash 2023. Spoilers ahead, but I mean we've basically spoiled half the film already. Isn't that where the editing comes in? Pff, editing. <laughs> <laughs> so. After helping Batman, played by Ben Affleck, remember that it's important, (laughs) save a collapsing hospital uh, by microwaving a baby, The Flash, (laughs) a.k.a. Barry Allen, played by Ezra Miller, talks to his father Henry, played by Ron Livingston, replacing Billy Crudup from Justice League. Uh, Henry is in prison after being falsely convicted for the murder of his wife and Barry's mother Nora, played by Maribel Verdu. Uh, He has no He has an appeal coming up, but with no new evidence, his conviction is unlikely to be overturned. So, overcome with grief, Barry runs so fast that he accidentally travels back in time to the previous day. Remembering the events of Zack Snyder's Justice League, a film by Zack Snyder, where he did something similar, Barry hatches a plan. Travelling back to the day of his mother's murder, he slips a can of tomatoes into his mum's shopping meaning Henry won't leave the house later that day to buy them, which causes an intruder who thought the house was empty to break in and murder Nora in the past that hasn't happened yet. So Barry's plan works, but as he's travelling back through the Speed Force, a mysterious dark flash appears and pushes Barry out into the year 2013. So Barry meets his younger self and realises that he has to help him gain his powers or Barry will never be able to travel back in time in the first place, creating a paradox 
Asterisk. Because surely, if Barry's that concerned about paradoxes, how come he doesn't think that by saving his mother, that then eliminates the reason why he's gone to the past in the first place, so that in and of itself creates a paradox? Because comics. Because comics and because time travel films. So, attempting to recreate the lab accident that gave slash gives him his powers, both Barrys end up getting hit by lightning. While this does grant the younger Barry super speed, it also causes the older Barry to lose his powers. Things get worse. Yes, even worse than having two Ezra Millers. When the, <laughs> when the evil Kryptonian General Zod, played by Michael Shannon, arrives on Earth. Uh, Realising that he can save thousands of civilians and cinema goers worldwide by averting the events of Man of Steel, <laughs> Barry tries to assemble the Justice League. However, he finds that most of the members don't exist in this new timeline, except for Batman. So, travelling to Gotham, the Barrys meet Bruce Wayne, only to find out in this world he is an authentic Michael Keaton as Batman action figure with Kung Fu grip and a voice box with at least three lines from the hit movie. <laughs> Using the Batcomputer, old Barry is able to track who he thinks is Superman to a Siberian prison. The three break into the prison, only to find out that the prisoner is actually Superman's cousin, Kara, played by... One second, because I've written that name wrong. Sasha Kelly missed out an S. Who landed on Earth instead of instead of Clark in this timeline. Kara joins the new Justice League as Supergirl, but Barry realises that her authentic Michael Keaton's Batman action figure with Kung Fu grip and a voice box with at least three lines from the hit movie and the younger Barry won't be enough to stop Zod and so gets himself struck by lightning again, regaining his powers. The Justice League go to fight Zod, but Supergirl and authentic Michael Keaton as Batman action figure with Kung Fu grip and a voice box with at least three lines from the hit movie are both killed. The two Flashes try to go back in time to undo it, but no matter what, the others die. Eventually, the older Barry realises that their deaths are inevitable, and the only way for Barry to save the timeline is to undo the original change of saving his mother. The younger Flash, who, sidebar, I cannot believe this didn't happen in the movie because you have two Flashes, one of whom is like 30 or something years old, one of whom is a teenager, and you need to differentiate the two. And at no point does anyone call the younger Flash Kid Flash. <laughs> it's, it's right there. <laughs> anyway, not Kid Flash can't accept this and keeps trying to save Kara. Uh, Barry tries to stop him, but is again not, but is again attacked by the Dark Flash, who is revealed to be an older version of not Kid Flash, but not an older version of original Flash, because they're like split into different branches of spaghetti now. This film tries to explain time travel with spaghetti, and it doesn't make sense. So. With the multiverse beginning to collapse, Dark Flash decides to kill Barry to stop him unsaving Nora. Not Kid Flash returns though and jumps in the way of the blow, dying and wiping Dark Flash from existence. The stands and cheers. 
because there's now <laughs> there's now a th- two thirds less Ezra Millers than there were before. So Barry travels back and removes the tomatoes from Nora's trolley, undoing his initial change. However, he then puts the tomatoes on a higher shelf so that when his father later arrives to buy them, his face is caught on security camera. Returning to the present, the timeline seems to be restored and the camera footage exonerates exonerates Henry. Uh, Bruce Wayne arrives to congratulate Barry, but as he steps out of his car, we see his now George Clooney. And that's how they kill the DCEU franchise. Yep. Oh, although I would be remiss if I didn't mention that in a post credit scene, we see everyone's favourite character. It's Jason Momoa. He's back as Aquaman. <laughs> so I thought I'd better put, it, put that in there because I don't know how many more chances I'm going to get to say Aquaman. <laughs> so, is Aquaman 2 still happening? Who knows? I thought it was. I I feel like it is, but then every report of like test screening and things says that it's absolutely terrible. I mean, let's face it, the Warner Brothers have got like, you know, previous with not releasing complete movies. Yeah, exactly. After Batgirl, I don't trust Warner Brothers until the film's actually in the cinemas. Yes. And even then I'm still slightly suspicious. Also, do you remember on an earlier podcast where uh, we complained about the number of idents you get for the companies involved in making a film? I mean, I, I don't remember things we've done in the past, Mick. Okay. Well, we did. We mentioned that, you know, one of the nice things about watching the 90s comic book adaptations is, is it, you get the Marvel intro and the company that actually made the movie for Marvel and then that's it. You're into, like, movie. Yeah. This in one's the... got 23 different Warner Brothers logos. Followed by 17 DC Comics ones. How many Warner Brothers are there? I don't know. But you'd think they'd all use the same logo for their movies. It's... I may have exaggerated the number of logos, but it just seemed excessive. But, Yes. I, I can agree with that because I was definitely watching the film at that point and not just on my phone. <laughs> um, on, on my phone in the cinema where I watched this. I Why did you have your phone out in the cinema? It quite clearly states before the start of every movie to not put your phones on. Oh, no, you've. See, yeah, when I said that, I didn't... I'm really going to report you to the cinema police. That either, either way, that morally what I've done is bad. <laughs> so, um, the other... Uh, my, my biggest fear... There was one point in the movie where my heart sank. And it wasn't when Nick Cage appeared as Superman. It was the point, thus rendering that canon, by the way. Yep, Superman lives, does in fact live. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the bit where my heart sank was when, on the back computer, old Barry discovers the Kryptonian 
in a cell in Siberia. I thought, oh no, they're going to crowbar Red Sun into this as well. But mercifully, no, they didn't. No. Which I wonder if maybe they were going to at some point, because I think Henry Cavill was supposed to be in this film at one point. You know, during its like 15 years. 15 years. years. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, originally it was supposed to come out before the original Justice League cut, wasn't it? Maybe. I I think the original idea was for them to have Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and then Cyborg and Flash and Justice League. In the traditional way of doing an ensemble hero film. But then obviously uh, they fell out with Cyborg in a big way. Uh, they they needed... I, mean, I don't know what you mean, Mick. I, I didn't get any sense that there's any enmity between Warner Brothers and Ray Fisher it, during the scene when Barry Allen looks up Vic Stone and sees the back of a football player who may or may not be Ray Fisher. <laughs> who probably isn't. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so I think originally the idea was to have all the standalone movies before or, you know, certainly continue uh, simultaneous release at the same time as the thing, as the, as the, the Justice League. Um, but due to a, a variety of incidents and accidents and pandemics, um, the schedule just got flipped and turned and yeah. films, oh, that, they, films so- that they thought weren't going to be a success suddenly skyrocketed. Um, and films that they thought were going to be immense failed. <laughs> They've died and withered on the vine. But also, I've remembered what the other solo DC film that I forgot to mention was. And it's, of course, Steve Trevor, the movie featuring Wonder Woman. <laughs> so, um, so for, for all the incomprehensible gobbledygook about time travel, and for all the fact that it's a, a dissatisfying movie because there is no actual B-plot, really, I mean, there's not that much of an A-plot, is there? No, there's not much of an A-plot, but that's all right. It's a comic book movie. We're not here to win Oscars. Um, well, unless you're Oscar-winning film Suicide Squad. You will not let that lie, will you? You will really not let it lie. Keeps me up at night. Still waiting for Weasel the series. But <laughs> Oh, no, no, I mean the first Suicide Squad film won an Oscar. Did it? Yeah, for um, uh, like costuming, I think. Wow. The Oscars really are a bit toss, aren't they? Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Aside from the only real criticism I've got on this one, because it is a not unenjoyable way of spending an hour and a bit. What was it, an hour and a half, two hours runtime? Yeah, I, th- I think full runtime is two hours, 18 minutes, but that's, you know, like minus 10 minutes of credits or so. Yeah. So it, 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 it's not an unenjoyable way of spending the time. Um, 
I did spend quite a lot of my time thinking almost anyone could have delivered the funnies better than Ezra Miller. But that said, it's all right. My biggest criticism is that, that some of the later action sequences looks like you're watching a rock steady video game. The fight sequences look like something out of Arkham Asylum or Arkham Knight yeah. rather than an actual film. Yeah, they've they definitely it, lifted quite a lot from that franchise, haven't they? Yeah. Um and also but even even just the look of the characters, they have that sort of glossy sheen to them and the, the arms that don't quite move in the right way and stuff like that. And when they bring in people like Christopher Reeves, Nick Cage, Helen Slater Helen Slater's back as Supergirl folks. Wow. <laughs> Briefly. <laughs> and again, is is Helen Slater back? Or is like some kind of horrible CGI? CGI? <laughs> The computer game tie-in version of Helen Slater as Supergirl. Luckily, it's not in 1984 8-bit <laughs> glory. Um, yeah, I've got to admit... Adam West in, is in, back as Batman. Again, is Adam West back as Batman? Or is George, the voice clip of Adam West back as Batman? George Reeves as Superman? Yeah, George Reeves, the man who famously shot himself because he hated playing Superman so much. Yeah, but now he's back as Superman, and actually the most realistic looking of all the re <laughs> yeah. returning Superman. You know, I've got to admit, Mick, in a year when the film Barbie is coming out, I didn't expect it to have such stiff competition for the most plastic doll like people. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a comic book movie. It's a time travel movie. It's it's not got a great deal of soul. It's got a lot of um, it's got a lot of service to the fans in terms of little squee moments like the Batwing being back, the nineteen eighty nine Batmobile. There's probably even a, a small but vocal minority that thought George Clooney's back as Batman. I mean, I'm thinking Joel Schumacher and probably no one else, but, you know. Yeah, is, isn't Joel Schumacher dead? Possibly. I mean, not that that matters. We can just bring him back as like a CGI blob. <laughs> to direct the next good George Clooney Batman movie. Um... I mean, you thought the contracts were bad enough before, and now even in death you can't escape. Uh, yes, he died three years ago. On my birthday. Oh. Oh, there you go. And that can be a fun game for listeners. They can find out a bit of personal information about you. Yes. Indeedy. So, yeah. Yeah, I do. I think I maybe disliked this film more than you did well I, you know i'm i'm not going to be going out and telling all my mates to go watch the flash right i just think that i don't know whether it was a i don't i don't know whether it's a measure of the effect that the dceu has had on me but i went into it with low expectations and it didn't disappoint whereas Zack snyder's justice league i went into with low expectations and it failed to live up to them. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's no Zack Snyder's Justice League, a film by Zack Snyder. I'll give it that. Yes. But yeah, it's just. Although, more accurately, that's Zack Snyder's Justice League, a TV miniseries event by Zack Snyder. Glued together into a single viewing. (laughs) But yeah, I just. I, I was quite irked by a lot of the kind of cameos and even. Drop my big unpopular opinion. I kind of hated having Michael Keaton in this. Because it's kind of what I was joking about in the synopsis is it just feels like he doesn't add anything to this film. He just shows up and goes, hello, I'm Michael Keaton. Here's one of the lines from 1989's Batman. Do you remember yeah. that? Do you remember the Batmobile? Look, here's the Batmobile. Do you remember the Batwing? Look, here's the Batwing. But I, but I think, I think to be fair, that would have been the case with whoever came back as Batman. Well, see, this is maybe where we get back to the Flashpoint comic. Because the one thing I will give that story that it does that I think is quite interesting is in that universe, Batman has actually Thomas Wayne. So this is that one of the changes to the timeline is that the Thomas mugger, is avenging the death of his son. Yes, exactly. It's Bruce who gets killed by the mugger instead of Thomas and Martha. Right. And actually, like Martha then goes crazy. She becomes the Joker. Thomas becomes Batman. But because like he's obviously significantly older, yeah. he can't, you know, train in every single form of martial arts. So he's a lot more like he'll just happily kill criminals. Yes. Yeah, And that's, you know, that's interesting because it's a significant difference from the main Batman whereas this is just I mean, he's basically the same as after Batman but older. Yeah. And he does a bit of the, oh no I'm retired as Batman, I can't do any Batman in anymore, but then he just does and he's just Batman and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me I agree I I just I just feel that if you were going to bring back one of the film Batmans, he's the most quotable. Yeah. He's the most iconic. But what I mean is, just just don't bring back a film Batman. Like you don't need to. Oh no no no! I in mean, fact, in many in many ways, it would have been better if it had just been like a nobody playing Batman. Because well, it's not a Batman movie. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing: if you wanted to do. Like the Flashpoint Batman, you've already got a pretty well-known actor who played Thomas Wayne as mm-hmm. Freddie Dean Morgan. And Jeffrey yeah. Dean Morgan's great. I want to see him be Batman. <laughs> I'm sure Jeffrey Dean Morgan would agree with you. I want to see him just go like, oh, no, I've not got any Batwangs. I've just got this baseball bat with like barbed wire wrapped around it. <laughs> but then I think, I think that's the other thing as well. Um just to counter your point, with DC EU performing the way it has, I think they needed to bring in something to the Flashpoint storyline that would draw in viewers rather than potentially alienate them by introducing a new character that they didn't know very well who was almost Batman, but not quite. Yeah, but that's what I hate because it is it's literally just marked I mean look at all the trailers for this but this film is trailer is like 
all the trailers have just made out to be it's a Batman film. Yeah. But then all the trailers for Batman vs. Superman made it look like a Batman film. And it was. And it was. But Batman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Also, speaking of Batman, do you ever get the sense that the DCEU just doesn't like Batman? Well. Because I'll be honest, in all the films he's been in, he seemed like he's a bit shit. <laughs> like all he's always just like getting beaten up and his planes are getting shot down and like any time he tries to fight anyone with like remotely any superpowers he gets his ass kicked but isn't that your re- gritty and more realistic Batman because if Batman came up against any superpowers he would just get his ass kicked <laughs> yeah but again that's not what I want in my comic book film no, what you what you want in your comic book film is the Batman who cheats and makes a kryptonite gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, I mean something like that. Otherwise, why is Batman on the Justice League? He's the strategist. Is He's he... the great detective. What does he ever detect? And what are all his strategies except for let's get Hit the big person to punch Exactly. Hey. How many times have the Justice League been defeated? I mean, technically, because I think, according to this film, Zack Snyder's Justice League is the canonical Justice League now. Once and then Flash had to travel back in time to stop it. (laughs) And also in a lot of ways, they would have been... Well, and and they got defeated in this film as well. Well, you 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 know what Batman would say to that, don't you? That the Flash going back in time was part of my strategy. I did like the piece with the lasso of truth. Yeah, I mean, again, it was a fun scene, but again, it's just Batman's the worst. <laughs> I know, but it's great. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> My ego's too big to say thank you. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that, that was a pretty good joke. <laughs> That was like one of the few jokes I liked, mainly because Ezra Miller wasn't saying things. Yeah. Which, oh, actually, to be fair, because it, it then did kind of ruin the joke with the whole Barry grabs it. It's like, oh, oh, he's, he's not slept with a woman because he's a uh, nerd. Uh, I've heard about sex, but I've never tried it. <laughs> I mean, you really don't want to be saying that to Wonder Woman, do you? No. I mean, you really don't want Ezra Miller to be saying it as well. True. Actually, that was God. That was one of the worst parts for me. Is like after the Flash saves all those babies, and then he tells the um, the nurse, "Oh yeah, you should get some psychological counselling after this." Yeah, Ooh, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe take your own character's advice there, Ezra. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, the, I I like I like the fact that the film was a little bit knowing about comic book hero failings, like you know. Get some psychological counselling because the Justice League ain't great at that at the moment. Yeah, and when you think about that, you know, the innocent bystanders that get in the way of Justice League operations, there's probably going to be quite a lot of PTSD in the general community, not just in Arkham Asylum or uh, Iron Heights Prison. Yeah, I mean, depending on the director, Batman's probably like ploughed through several people just to get to wherever he's going. Yeah. They're just sleeping. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, Batman. I don't kill people. What do you think happens when you push them off the roof? They fly. Happy. They land on those little canopies outside Delicatessens. And then bounce to safety. Yeah, that's the idea of the Arkham games, which is about of just Alfred like hacking into the system. No, it's okay, Master Wayne. Look, they're, they're sleeping. You can see on the visor it says they're, they're asleep. <laughs> Unconscious, it says. Unconscious. They're no, that's not, not the word. Dead. That's not the word dead crossed out. That's just unconscious. That, no, it's perfectly normal for people not to not to breathe when they're sleeping. Well, I think one thing that should go without uh, with comment is, and, and shouldn't be allowed to be ignored is Jeremy Irons has actually been quite consistently solid as Alfred across the disappointing range of DCEU movies. Yeah. Actually, here's another thing. Bruce Wayne, typical Bruce Wayne Richo taking credit for other people's work. If anyone's <laughs> the strategist of the Justice League, it's Alfred. <laughs> Just running around playing with all his rich person toys until one of the actual adults helps him out. <laughs> I do, I do like the fact that you know Barry holds the same place in the hearts of the actual Justice League as he does in all hours. In that it's like, well, where's Batman? That was my first thought, but he's. <laughs> well, what about Superman? That was my first thought, but he's. That was my other first thought, but he's busy elsewhere. Yeah. But, what about Wonder Woman? She's not answering our calls. <laughs> what about Cyborg? We don't talk about Cyborg. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, he, but I think, all in all, considering how, considering what a shit show it should, it should have been and could have been, and considering that, you know, it could possibly have not been released, we know Warner Brothers aren't averse to that. Um, it's actually alright yeah I, I suppose I do have to give it credit just given the absolute nightmare production it's had that like a film has come out and it's actually coherent yes like there is an actual story even if that story seems to be no you can't use time travel to fix your problems well okay maybe a little bit yeah but not too much So. So indeed. Also, actually, one point I will give in this film's favour as well is it does actually make sense to have the Flash film be a multiverse story because the Flash is actually the character who had the first multiverse story. All right. Which was the, the Flash of Two Worlds by Gardner Fox and Carmine Infantino. Uh. Which is where Barry Allen meets Jay Garrick. Ah. Uh. Who had a brief cameo. Yeah. Brief cameo. Who I, I don't think he was based on John Wesley Schiff, was he? No, no. Jay Garrick, that, that Jay Garrick actually appeared. He was the alter ego who was actually Professor Zoom in the TV show. Oh, right. The, uh, like the fake one. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was a missed opportunity. I think if 
With 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 the fact that we've just said goodbye to the last of the Arrow shows, Gotham Knights just been cancelled. So we're only left with Lois and Superman. Um, the Flash is gone. Stargirl's gone. Doom Patrol's gone. Swamp Thing went after one season. So all that multiversal stuff that happened, and we've had the crisis on Infinite Earths that collapsed most of it down into one one Earth. I think they could have incorporated that into that colliding dimensions bit and just, this is it. We've drawn a line under all of it now. Except Lois and Superman, they can go off and do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that would have been nicer just in the sense of because then you can have actual humans reacting yeah. to things. Yeah. Um, so I think it would have been nice and it would have, especially for things like Gotham Knights, because that's not going to get a season two. It's not going to explore Harvey Dent's criminal side. It's, and they had a really good character in um, Duella as well. The actress who played her was really good. So yeah. it'd have been nice to just see them have a little bit of an ending. Except also if they do that, is anyone else going to know who the Gotham Knights are? No, but I mean, it, it's one of those things where it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have had to be much, but just enough for those people who have sort of gone on that journey with the Arrowverse and the CW's various DC properties to just, all right, okay. We've yeah. drawn a line. I it's, suppose it's, maybe if like, had a few of the different characters, like you had Grant Gustin as the Flash, mm. uh, Melissa... Benoist. Benoist, yeah, as Supergirl, and like some of the Gotham Knights. Yeah. Because I just basically do it, because I, I think it worked quite well when they did it in Crisis on Infinite Earths, just all those yeah. little cameos. And, and of course it would have been payback for the fact that Ezra Miller turned up in the Flash segment of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah, indeed. But, oh, well. Also, I don't like the Flash costume. Which one? Any of them. Because I, I thought when... Because I had a feeling that young Ezra would... Or young uh, Kid Flash, not Kid Flash, would become the bad guy. Right? I thought when he started making a costume out of Batman's discarded costume, he was going to become... Is it Red Death? Uh, I mean, boy, there's... Because, yeah, yeah, I think that's the one who's like the Flash, but also Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to become Red Death, which would have been a nice little counterpoint to the last season of The Flash where Batwoman turned out to be Red Death. Yeah, it's also... I mean, I'd say that was a spoiler, but no one's watching season nine of The Flash and no one watched season three of Batwoman, so, you know. Exactly. And also, like, because really, Kid Flash's costume in this is just nothing. Yeah. Like, I I almost like the main Flash costume, except that the helmet looks quite weird. And also, I don't like it when it does all the, like, the Flash it with light bits. Yeah. I feel like The Flash is one of those characters who should have quite a simple costume. Yeah. He's supposed to look sleek, basically. Yeah, because it looks a bit too much like armor, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like... I, I, get, I get Grant Gustin's 
suit in the Flash TV show because it's just like to dissipate the energy and reduce friction. So it is sleek. It's almost like a wetsuit with boots um, and a helmet. But that, yeah, the, the, the movie Flash, it's a bit more solid, isn't it? Yeah, and like in this, because I know in Justice League, that was very armoured. And in yeah. this one, it's less armoured, but it's got like weird textured bits. Yeah. It's got like weird muscle paddy things on his chest. Yeah. And all like the fancy lighter bits, which is yeah. it, unnecessary. You don't need it. Two flash for the flash. Hey, there we go. That's why you have me on the podcast, let's be honest. For moments of genius like that. Like, I mean, really, the show just builds up to that. <laughs> so, so now that we've finally done it, shall we move on to the ranking? Yes. So this is going on our big list of films, going from A History of Violence at number one, all the way down to Spawn at number 55. I will say, I guess... Probably... is definitely going to become number 56. Yeah, I think neither extreme needs to be that worried. No. So, let's... I mean, maybe shall we start at number 34, because that's where Batman Returns is. Okay. I mean, this is technically Batman Returns squared. So, 34, we've got Batman Returns. 35, we've got Wakanda Forever. 36, we've got Judge Dredd. 37, we've got Doom that came to Gotham. 38, we've got Catwoman Hunted. 39, we've got Venom 2. 40, we've got Wonder Woman 1984. Do you know, I think it sits comfortably in the upper end of those. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, obviously, I've been quite down on the film because I think it's a bad film. But, like, certainly reading through that list, there was kind of a bit of a... Oh, yeah, but it's not as bad as that. I mean, it's, it's not like... I, th- I think I put it, I think it, I put it just below Batman Returns. Do I think it's worse than Wakanda Forever? It's shorter than Wakanda Forever. Yeah. That's its big benefit. Also, I think actually I'm asking the wrong question. The right question is, do I care enough about Wakanda Forever to argue that it should be higher? And I don't. Right. Well, that was rather painless, wasn't it? Yeah, there we go. So So Batman Returns again goes below Batman Returns. Actually, I have to put it in as Batman Returns again. Did you not notice what I put in the, the episode title? Oh, I, I did, because it was like, Batman Returns <laughs> Again, Man of Steel 3. <laughs> Wonder Woman 3. Yeah. Oh yeah, Man of Steel 2, technically, because there wasn't a Man of Steel yeah. 2. Well, there was, it was Batman vs. Superman. Oh, them changing names. <laughs> They got their naming convention from Microsoft and the Xbox. Oh, yeah. You know what? I mentioned him in the synopsis, but I feel like as soon as that finished, I forgot that Michael Shannon was in this film. Yeah. Michael Shannon. Um, 
You've got a Derry girl in there. You do. Saoirse Monica Jackson, what are you doing in this film? What are you doing in this film working in a crime ride run by Sanjeev Bhaskar? What on earth? What are they doing in Central City? Yeah. Also, I think uh, I read Saoirse Monica Jackson. She's actually Patty Spivitt. Was, Is she? Yeah, she was in the Flash series, wasn't she? She was like what? one of Barry's girlfriends who was an Iris. Oh, yeah, that was very early on and very short-lived. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, it was it was short-lived because of all the suddenly disappearing and not being there and there was something going on and he wouldn't be honest with her, so she went off somewhere to deal with her own chisel. I think she actually worked as a police employee rather than in the coffee shop or anything. A police officer rather than a crime lab person. Yeah. Which is good because the crime lab people in this are terrible. Yes. Like they, they basically say, oh no, it doesn't matter if we send the wrong people to prison as long as the cases get closed. Absolutely. Which I don't think the film intended them to be as awful as they are. <laughs> oh. Right. Well. Indeed. We've talked about it. We've ranked it. Yeah, I guess before we disappear off into the speed force, I'll end the show. Well, yes, do that. So that's about it from us. If you want to listen to more, you can find all our episodes on the feed or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you subscribe to the show, you'll make sure you never miss an episode. If you want to get in touch, our email is beholdpod at gmail.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at beholdpod. And if you're a fan, we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review on your podcast app of choice, uh, or just recommended us to a friend. It's the best way for us to grow as a show and reach new listeners. So that's everything. Until next time, I've been Andrew. And I've been Mick. And here's a fun fact. If you can generate enough speed force to run faster than the speed of light and go back to the beginning of the podcast, you'll find we have a completely different opinion of the film. Probably not that different, though. (laughs) So long and thanks for listening.